listening to I Feel For You. I'm Dion, a creative coach, yoga, movement, meditation teacher, writer, DJ, polymath, and... A human being. Oh, hello. Who are you? <laughs> Tell us. I'm Chattel. I'm a writer, creative entrepreneur, and composer. And I'm going to ask you some questions today about what you do, why you do it, and why you're so shy at talking about it. Hold on a minute, is this a takeover? <laughs> okay, well, I guess you better stop your music then. Hey, you made this, right? I did. Thanks, Feeny. Oh, I'm going to grab my cup of tea. I have no idea what's coming. Help. I've got no notes or anything. I'm just freestyling. You know that, right? Is that okay? How much notes do you usually have? Maybe a few words or like pointers of the main point because I go on so many tangents. Yeah. That's what I have, hopefully. Okay. Some, some notes, right. some points. I like freestyling. I like it. Freewheeling. Mm. One thing that I've been thinking about lately is how after a retreat or other kind of bigger, longer events that you've had, that people tend to be so surprised when you start talking about what you've done before, your different careers, the fact that you've lived in so many different places. Why do you think they're so surprised every time? <laughs> I think probably because I don't really talk much about it. I don't know. I think it, it's not a new thing. As long as I can remember, as long as I've ever had a job, I was 11 when I started working. And I feel as long as I've ever worked, people have been surprised. That's like a common trait that Oh, I think it's just generally people underestimate me. I think that, that's the why, why do you think they do that though? Like they have the low expectations. Yeah, you tell me. For some reason. You tell me, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe because I just, I don't really feel the need to sing and shout and wear badges and sashes. Although a sash would be nice. I know that you really hate writing bios and kind of like summarizing what you've done before. So maybe that's one of the reasons. I actually hate it. Like, I hate it with a passion. And my mum will tell me off because she always tells me off if I ever say the word hate. But I do. I like, I, I've always disliked having to write bios. And of course, because I've been working for many years now, what, three decades is that? Uh, you know, I've had a lot of different jobs and I've been through, yeah, processes of um, having interviews and meeting with new clients and all those kinds of things, that process has, yeah, had a lot of experience doing that. And um, like the, the worst question someone can ask, and it's not their fault, it's just my reaction to it is, tell me about yourself or where are you from? <laughs> what are you? You know, like, <laughs> though it's like the holy trinity of questions I really struggle with, you know. I don't know how to answer them because I'm not really sure what someone wants to hear. So I kind of just avoid it often or just try and, as I have done over the years, like try and tailor my answer depending on what someone wants to know. So, for example, at the retreats, 
I don't willingly talk about <laughs> jobs I've done in the past or careers I've had or things that I've done. It's just that if something comes up in conversation, um, it's funny because you notice and like <laughs> you give me a look or say afterwards, like it's so funny how people really change, like their reaction really changes to you depending on like this information that they hear that might excite them or I don't know. I don't and, know. And that, I don't know what it that is. That <laughs> tells you again, like that they had certain other uh, presumptions about you before they knew those things. I don't know. Maybe. I guess everything is somehow rooted in the fact that people have been asking, like, what are you? Where are you from? Stuff like that. Is it, it, do you think that's where it comes from? The, the fact that you find it hard to write a bio, like, this is what I am. I am a yoga teacher. I'm a DJ. I'm an actress, whatever. I think a lot of it, to be honest, comes from being told and also carrying that legacy of, feeling that I'm too much. I always remember like, you know, at high school when you get the training to do, to make a CV or a resume, is that what you call it in the States? Um, the teacher <laughs> always, because by then I'd already been working, whereas these were kids going out to get jobs. And that doesn't mean that I was better than them at all. It was just that I'd already been making CVs and I'd, I'd gone through those processes so I was interested to learn but when I created my own CV curriculum vitae <laughs> bio whatever whenever I did it the teacher would come back and be like oh that's too long you can't have all of that experience they didn't believe me that was the first thing which is kind of ties into that on <laughs> people underestimating me as usual um and and they said that it was too much like you know you have to fit this all onto one page and I think that's quite common as well like you understand it if you're applying for a job somewhere that gets a thousand CVs for one position yeah who's going to sit there and read through your two pages but or however long pages. Mine was three pages, I think, at the longest. But, I mean, it's not about length. It's more like um, just trying to break the rules a bit and try and do things differently. But I'm going off on a tangent. I mean, that, that Instagram bio is quite short, so... <laughs> You've been struggling a lot, like, what to fit I in that. that. I've never wanted to write one, you know. Like, when I, when I joined Instagram, I think I joined with uh, my username was Dion Yoga just because I couldn't be bothered to... Th I, I, w I think I actually I joined as Littlest Hobo because that's been my <laughs> that's been my my um, social media name for those who go way back with me late nineties early uh, early noughties yeah early noughties uh, so I just took that and then I I was we were living in Norway weren't we when Instagram launched and so I just like apps and I'm curious about things and just playing with things and testing them out and so I joined as Littlest Hobo but then I I was starting projects like art and yoga projects and I thought oh why not kind of document some Norway life stuff and so I changed to Dion yoga because I you know and that's interesting because <laughs> we, we talked about this the other day the fact that a lot of people kind of it's almost like they want to keep a sort of mini bio of everyone else but keep it as short and simple as possible so when I say like Dion it's it's yoga mm. you know that's that's what you do but many people are maybe surprised to learn that it hasn't always been your main thing and you haven't really worked your way specifically to become a yoga teacher all your life. I didn't, it used I didn't to want be, to, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, some of the other careers you've had is, is uh, I mean, music, a lot of things in music, right? Didn't you work in a record label for mm. many years mm. and, and doing events and, and DJing? Mm. Was that your main thing before yoga, would you say? 
Mm-hmm. It would be Dion, Dion Music uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> Thank you for that. Should have thought of that one. Um, it's funny, isn't it? Like your life trajectory, because I never planned to be a yoga teacher. I really didn't want to be one. When I did my training, I really did not want to be a yoga teacher. I love teaching. I love it. Um, I just never saw myself there because there was no one else that I saw doing that that looked like me. So I didn't feel I didn't feel that there was a place for me there. I didn't see myself reflected. So why on earth would I think that I could dare to inhabit that space, which is sometimes reflected back to me as well throughout this 10 year journey. But yeah, before that, definitely. um, Well, I was radio before yoga and still dabbling in radio now, but like I was kind of full-time job working for like a, a FM station and an internet station with lots of specialist shows and doing a lot of like policy stuff with radio and um, really kind of geeky techie stuff with my brilliant old manager he's not old but you know <laughs> lots of exciting kind of projects to do with like the future of radio and new technology so very much actually you know feeding that nerd in me that is interested in, yeah, new tech as it comes and just exploring it and playing with it and building stuff. And yeah, so doing a lot of stuff, lot of stuff like that. I had a radio show for a couple of years that again, I didn't want to do, but my boss sort of forced me to do it. He tricked me into it, which I loved. That's how we met. And um, that's how I can't complain. Um, but before that, yeah, just loads of different stuff, <laughs> yachting, yachting and sort of a lot worked at quite a lot of not-for-profit companies and charities and um, social enterprises and I've worked a lot in the private sector as well and of course yeah like I worked in a record label I was um, all alongside all of these things I have my side hustles like photography and DJing and managing artists and like doing tour management stuff as well and like was that in the record label you worked in the... that was just my side stuff although I did also do management artist management in the label and um, tour management as well which was a pain in the ass as you know it's hard and it's still kind of part of our work now in a way mm. um, but in a much nicer way yeah so like looking after artists doing tours launching albums like all the kind of back-end stuff I know you love me using that phrase (laughs) like everything from the process of like working with emerging artists to yeah launches of records albums events gigs tours and then there was also a charity that was um, a part of the label which um, was like a youth orchestra in a way they they were like amy winehouse's bands they were like um youth jazz collective brilliant brilliant artists and so yeah like having that side of things was interesting as well and around that time when i was working at the label um hurricane katrina struck so it was a jazz label so um hurricane katrina happened and so of course there were so many artists that were affected and of course like communities people humans and so um yeah like being a part of um trying to make change and support those people across the waters and um yeah raise funds to yeah support those who are desperately in need and still you know struggling with the effects of it now 
I see like throughout a lot of my careers, I've always kind of been interested in that human connection. <laughs> and just thinking about it now, you know, I never wanted to work in music. <laughs> I, I used to say like, I just, I don't know how it happened. I just kept falling back into like working within music, TV and theatre and like definitely a lot of music stuff and publishing and things like that. And I, I never really saw that for myself, but somehow it just kept film as well. Like just. I guess you've always been <laughs> been mixing music with uh, self care projects and mm. and uh, acting and other things, art projects. That's mm. been something that's you know when I when you look at your project page on the Undot Space, it's there's a lot of mixing there. Of different, like a lot of crossover projects, isn't it? Do you think that's been something that's been apparent all through your career? That you wanted to kind of challenge what is yoga? What is What can music be? What can an uh, exhibition be? That you mix in something else that's not expected in that? Always. Like, always in everything. And maybe it's because I'm mixed race. There's no such thing, but you know, we're all mixed race, but... I'm a mixed human and so yeah my my entire life has been about people wanting to put me in a box and wanting to categorize me put expectations on how I should be and how I define myself and me always feeling no actually I don't believe I need to do that and in fact because you want me to do that I'm going to show you that I don't have to so it's like I think there's a deep stubborn part of me that just wants to prove like I feel like a lot of the (laughs) the stuff that I've done and tried to build and share with the communities of people that I work with is that you get to choose you get to design and create the life that you want to live you don't have to live according to other people's expectations of you in fact you should try and care less and less about that and instead rather than be so consumed with that be out there creating your stuff, doing your thing. And that that doesn't have to be being creative. I mean, I do think it's actually about being creative. I do. And what I mean is when I talk about creativity, I'm not necessarily talking about you've got to work in like creative fields or something, or you've got to get your paint box out or whatever. You can be creative in any field of work. And that's when I'm trying to stay on track. But (laughs) when you ask about throughout my career, have I tried to... Yeah, there seems to be a kind of merging of different worlds. That's absolutely true, because from the most corporate, stiff, beige office space (laughs) to the most wild and crazy grime TV studio I've I've inhabited, and colourful grime studio TV I've worked in, the same feeling of possibility to be creative and blur boundaries and explore and uh, expand beyond a limited perception has stayed with me always you know that's why I kind of I laugh about I laugh about I'm thinking about the grime tv situation now and um doing presenting work there and um and I told the story of my sequin bolero does anyone know what a bolero is you know (laughs) I think they made a comeback in the sort of early mid 90s sort of like a shrug could we call it a shrug like Mm -hmm. a kind of mini jacket and I had a very ostentatious sequin one just because I loved it it was Ethel Ethel that prompted that purchase and I wore it with a very kind of 
western cowgirl skirt. It was a layered, tiered, meringue denim skirt. It was quite out there. And these aqua cowgirl boots, which I loved. And I just rocked up. <laughs> I just remember, you know, there's this warehouse in East London, which is probably some very beautiful luxury flats right now. But um, yeah, just rocking, <laughs> rocking up somewhere near Canning Town. And uh, the room just kind of fell silent. <laughs> as people were like, what the hell is that kind of thing? But everyone was lovely, but it was just funny. It was one of those situations where I, yeah, it was a kind of visual ex example of this kind of contrasting, kind of sticking out. I think that's interesting that you, you, you kind of, you've often, I feel, gone into situations where people have certain expectations and then you're very adamantly trying to kind of surprise them in some sort of way. Like I'm walking into an art gallery I'm not going to walk in there like, trying to kind of trying to fit into that art world or being an actress and trying to kind of be as actressy as possible. <laughs> you know, maybe that's uh, been part of it as well. Like mm -hmm. you want to challenge those norms. And being right? an asshole. <laughs> I mean, people, we talk about this a lot, that people in a way they kind of feel safe if people are just exactly who you expect them to be. Mm. And then when you come in and shake things up, people are like immediately stressed. But then that's the only way to move forward. <laughs> that's how I want to make people feel really stressed out, <laughs> confused, annoyed. <laughs> but it's like it's you're, you're working to kind of from a point of shaking things up. Yeah. And then people are like, uh, I think, experiencing something that's uh, better and more interesting because they challenge that norm they're not just like kind of bumbling along they have to uh, move a little bit beyond their expectations in a way and I think that's something that you've been really good at in all those different careers um, I just remember I don't know about good but uh, <laughs> I, what I think is that the right people the, the people that I want to reach get it they might not get it at first like I'm not expecting to walk into a room and just be embraced absolutely not um, and you know I'm not trying to convert anyone into my way of thinking either. But what I am interested in is being as authentically me as possible, connecting on a level and that connection being authentic and real as possible. And if I can do those things, then usually what happens is this sort of like because it takes two people to do that, right? You know, I'm not saying this is all coming from me. Like, I'm turning up, I'm showing up as myself, my whole self, being me and being open to connect with someone and seeing if, you know, being curious and having some play, you know, like playing with ideas about things and challenging them and, and dismantling sort of really archaic, bland things that are done in a way just because people have been doing it that way and that's what they've been told to do. I'm interested in how we can sort of maybe break the rules if if you like. I don't know. That's it's kind of a common phrase that's used, isn't it? But I'm trying to dismantle the rules a bit and get and get us to really examine like why are we doing the things that we do? What are we interested in? What what do we want? What are we curious about? And how can we find authentic connection with someone that is real, that is yeah, like that has integrity, that is present. Because when you're present, all that stuff just takes care of itself. You know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at because authenticity and like uh, realness and all of that, like they're just words that are 
describing the natural occurrence of like real presence, like being fully present, really showing up as yourself. Have I gone off on a tangent? Sorry. <laughs> but I wouldn't say that it's good. That's what I'm saying. Like the right people get it. The people that I don't really want to associate with don't get me. And that is totally fine because there's lots of us in the world, plenty of room for everybody. It's about Go find being, your people. Yeah, it's about being original, right? Doing something personal and, and original. Yeah. I don't know if I even think about trying to be original. I know it's like it's the feedback that I get from people a lot, but it's not something that I'm seeking to do. But I also recognize that we're all original and the more we can befriend ourselves you know and and start to get comfortable with taking up space as ourselves the more we can all flourish you know as I said you know there's space for all of us in this world like there's no competition this is all like crazy myths and just yeah people getting getting caught up in neurosis, you know, because of feeling insecure and maybe not living in their own truth. You know what I mean? They're living according to someone else's truth. Like you have to, you know, you got to be this yoga teacher. You've got to do these particular things. You've got, you got to have this many people in your class and you've got to teach a class in this way. And you've got to have this lineage, which is all, you know what I mean? It's, it's very boring. I find that really boring. It's like, a yoga practice has to look like this way and you have to define it like this. And it's like, I don't know, I disagree. And it's fine if you disagree with me, but I just I just feel there's value in us being more open to exploration. I feel like it enables us to grow. Hopefully, I want to keep growing. I don't know anything. <laughs> the more I know, the less I know. You know what I mean? Like the more I learn, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. The more I learn, the more I, I realize, my God, I, I know absolutely nothing. And I'm okay with it because there's potential there to learn new things. And that's what I want to do, hopefully, until as long as I'm here on this planet <laughs> and the next. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that is often mentioned in those bios that you managed to write. We're back to bios now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, is the word polymath. And first of all, what does that mean to you? What does it mean to be a polymath? Now, because it's quite trendy to be a polymath, I don't want to be a polymath anymore. No, that's like, that's my personality, right? <laughs> as soon as I start to feel like a cliche and a parody, I get really scared and I run off and hide. But yeah, I think the term that a lot of people use these days is multi-hyphenate. Whatever works, it's just a label, right? But Polymath to me just means that you do a lot of different things. You just have fingers in pies. And I think we are all polymaths. Most of us anyway. I think we are. But some of us perhaps more than others. But yeah, to me, that's what it means. And I think like I first started using the term like 2010. Is that a long time ago now? I can't tell because people say to me like, it was in 2014. It was such a long time ago. <laughs> the old days. The old days. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I am officially old and I'm embracing it, darling. But uh, yeah, like multi-hyphenate. The first time I, I started using the word polymath, even though I feel I've been living as a polymath again, as long as I've been working and being, but uh, I think I'd seen a really old Lauren Laverne interview. And Lauren Laverne was someone that in the 90s, she was in a band, right? Do you remember? No. 
uh, she, what was her band's name? Oh my gosh. Bring back my Grebo days. Yeah, back in the 90s, Lauren Levan was in a band called Kaniki for all my Grebo kids out there. And so that's how I knew Lauren Levan. And then obviously she got into broadcasting and writing and like presenting and lots of different things. And so I saw an interview with her um, talking about being a polymath. And I was like, that really resonates. I totally feel that sense of having these another word they use is it like satellite careers so you've got lots of different plates basically as part of one career or that sometimes they I think they used to call it in the early noughties like a portfolio career so um that's what a polymath means to me you're just kind of doing different things you know I remember we did this interview with the Finnish jazz musician Jimmy Tanner uh, once and he was talking about being a polymath because he's had like a clothing brand he's doing a been doing a lot of different music styles and working in different uh, music uh, groups and he was saying that he in in some senses he regretted being a polymath because it made his career more difficult mm. do you think you, do you regret like doing too many things and kind of you know some people would say you're making things difficult for yourself mm. because of I guess it's connected to selling yourself in a way like why am I coming to this person you know is she an actress is she Mm. running events is she booking bands is she taking pictures is she running yoga classes you know Mm. do you think it's made things difficult if we're looking at the traditional models of quote-unquote success yes it's made things really difficult because (laughs) you know people want me to fit in a box they want me to like you said earlier they want to be able to understand what I'm doing in one swoop because you know that's very human right we we use classification to understand the world and it's primal like we need to know in a single second in the blink of an eye is someone safe or is this patch of grass a good place to get those vegetables we enjoy eating so that we can log that information and come back it's a primal action where we we put things in boxes so that it uses less brain space we don't have to work to try and understand more than one small clear definition so, yeah, definitely in the traditional model of success, I'm sure my mum would <laughs> my mum would agree. Like, yeah, I think it has made things difficult in, yeah, in the, in the traditional model of success. You know, I'd probably be a very, very wealthy, quote unquote, successful person if I'd have only stuck to one thing. And my mum also, she would <laughs> tell me stories of when I was young. She said, you're no different now to how you were as a baby. You always wanted to do everything yesterday. You wanted to be curious and explore and, you know, you were drawing and then you were painting and you were writing, but you were kind of doing those things at the same time whilst reading a stack of books. Like, I feel it's just part of my personality to be doing lots of different things. But at the same time, I'm going to contradict myself because even though I identify as being a polymath, to me, all of the things that I do absolutely make sense together. To me, there isn't a real crazy weird distinction between the things that I do they absolutely cross over and the way that I see what I'm trying to do in the world um, and the things that I create and the spaces that I try to hold 
for other people, be it one-to-one coaching, be it in a workshop style situation or on retreat with people combining those things, or if I'm DJing somewhere or something else, if I'm writing something and putting it out into the world, to me, I'm not really thinking about the medium, like how I'm delivering it I am thinking about how I'm delivering it because (laughs) but I'm not I'm not thinking about the label that I hold you know what hat am I wearing what kind of characteristics should I have like you described earlier like I'm an actress and this is how actresses behave you know I'm thinking more about the message and the the or actually beyond before the message I'm thinking about what effect do I want to have like how do I want to touch people? How do I want to connect? It's about connection, right? What am I trying to say and why am I saying it? And usually the answer is because I hope that I can help people feel a particular kind of way. Ideally, more comfortable in their own skin um, and being more of who they are and taking up space in the world in the way that they want to, in a way that feels inspiring to them, in a way that makes them feel connected to themselves every single day so that they're living a life that has integrity you know they're not living someone else's dream of a life they're designing their own life they're taking up space in the the way that they want to and hopefully touching freedom by doing that by living with that intentional action that they are touching a sense of freedom because I think when you stop trying to please everyone else when you stop following the rules that have been set out by someone else who has ulterior motives when you disrupt that you get an opportunity to get really clear with yourself when you get clear with yourself it's uncomfortable right because you can't run from it sometimes it's excruciating you know and and challenging and difficult because you know you've got to be honest But I think for me, my polymath journey, what it's taught me in juggling these things and tried to maintain who I am throughout those things and the message that I'm trying to deliver to the world, you know, that sounds really pretentious. I don't mean it to be, you know what I mean? Just like how I want to live my life um, and making mistakes along the way, might I add. Like I want to, I just want to be truthful. I want to be honest. I want connection that is real. I don't, I'm not interested in bullshit. My bullshit detector is very sensitive and I just can't handle it. You know, I can't really be about that. I can't be around it. It just, it takes up too much energy. So I want to create spaces, whether it's through a Skype conversation when I'm coaching someone, whether it's in real life, like and we're rolling around on the floor like idiots, but enjoying ourselves. <laughs> Maybe it's, I don't know, like uh, dancing, like no one's watching and I'm DJing, you know, or being on retreat and sort of combining a lot of these different things. Like I, I just, I want those experiences to be real for people I just want to be real I want people to feel free I want people to hopefully feel good as well as much as possible but you know this is life shit happens you know (laughs) but dealing with the difficult stuff with grace I guess by grace I don't mean like love and light and it's all fine and everything happens for a reason but I mean just like being real about it like if something hurts like it flipping hurts let me like Let me find the tools and resources to process this stuff, you know, because maybe it's too painful for me to do this alone. Maybe I need the support of someone else to help me through this. Maybe I need to learn to allow myself to be supported 
you know, that's a big one. That's been a massive one for me. I'm still there, <laughs> like asking for help. But when we when we get real about those things, I, I just feel like that is for me. That's where the magic is in this life. Like all of the most incredible moments I've had on the planet have very much been about that living in truth, being real, authentic connection, learning life lessons and not being embarrassed about flipping learning. You know, we're all on a journey and um, I feel like I've gone off on a tangent. I'm sorry. Feel free to like fish me out of the pond. feel a bit like um, I'm JC during homecoming when he comes in, like, croaking. (laughs) 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 Croaksy. Are we going to hell for that? (laughs) That's so rude. (laughs) He did his best. He did yeah, his, yeah. You're doing a great job. Honestly, I feel, I feel, I feel, a bit croaky. I feel like the croaky no, McCrocusins. I'm, I'm crawling along like, <laughs> like I feel like that character in Big Mouth. Uh, what's he going to do? <laughs> I feel like that guy, like the really old kind of decrepit no. one who's just trying to, he's just hanging together and sort of trying to make sense. Like he has a really pure <laughs> intention, but is just kind of falling apart. <laughs> you know, one, one of the things that... One of, one of the things that we started... Okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, I'm here. You know, one of the things that we started talking about was the retreat. And I find that, you know, the retreats in some kind of form has been one of your longest lasting projects, I guess, where you're combining kind of some creativity with self-care somehow and other experiences. And uh, we have a retreat coming up in July. Is this uh, a promo, darling? Is that your <laughs> was that your ulterior motive for talking yeah. to me today? Yeah, I'm, I'm pushing on into a promo um, because the retreats have been a, a kind of a place where you've combined all of these things, hasn't it? And where people have got to know you a bit better and dug into what you've done before. Anyway, um, it's not really about me though; it's about them. True, but, but, it, but yeah, it's like it's like a place where you've mixed a lot of your experience, I would say, because, you know, it's a little bit of coaching, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of music, a little bit of food and um, other kind of workshoppy things that you've done before. Um, maybe you can talk a little bit about your experiences with running those retreats. When was the first one? Uh, thank you for like saving me that because I said talk about running retreats I don't know what to say about that but yeah the the first retreat was it 2011 no 2012 wasn't it beginning of 2012 in Norway at Chiham we did two weekends you were there (laughs) we did two weekends didn't we Friday till Sunday Mm. they arrived on a boat like this this island is kind of in the middle of nowhere uh, west coast of Norway utterly idyllic gorgeous and we you and I we we did absolutely everything like from yeah (laughs) I mean we still do actually I say that but nothing really has changed but I think the first retreats we thought we were going to be collaborating and actually didn't quite work out like that but it was okay like we (laughs) it was a great success actually like but it was really it was crazy because I think we had 25 people on both weekends Mm. is that right 
and kind of really plunging in there with a lot of people that were just up for having an adventure and I don't really know what to say like I, I, I always knew that the spaces that I created in my community classes and my projects like the art and yoga project and workshops that I did and like these pop-up rogue disruptor yoga events that I did I always knew that I wanted to create a, a longer experience for people because it's almost like there's never enough time and so after each community class for example we'd all be hanging around for so long after class and just getting into these conversations and just yeah I just felt like it, it was an opportunity to go deeper to have more time and to go on a longer journey with people that were up for it because I think the value of those retreats and the value of going on retreat, I think, is sort of removing yourself from your everyday life and experiencing something different, even if it is familiar. And really giving yourself space to have an adventure, to maybe learn something, take home a new tool, maybe change your mindset may, or or begin to create roots for changing something that you want to change maybe it's time for processing for people or like just meeting other like-minded people that are you know on your wavelength and that's that's the theme like not only in retreats but like that's something that I've been lucky enough to experience throughout this yoga career let's say the kinds of people that <laughs> as I referenced earlier like the, the people who do kind of get what I'm trying to do I'm so lucky that those people they're just incredible beings like they're they're people I want to hang out with you know and I've been lucky enough like to meet a lot of them over the years and you know they often come on retreat people tend to return to the retreats and it's like whether someone is new or returning it's like a kind of fa uh, I'm, I'm scared to use the word family because I know it doesn't have a good connotation for everyone and you know myself included it's like learning to rebuild the meaning of that name that label but it's kind of like just this this gorgeous community of people who get it who are just showing up to hang out together for a few days to be inspired and share a journey together like to create these memories because it's not about all these things that I'm just delivering you know a kind of you take this thing that I'm serving you know just like my yoga classes and workshops it's a two-way thing like I yeah sure there's lots of stuff I'm going to share with you but I don't expect you to take on those things at face value and like I was talking about earlier I hope those people will explore those things and, and adapt them for themselves and play with them and you know what I mean like ask questions and like let's have a conversation and let's unpick this stuff and why are we doing this and mm, let, like let's redefine things for ourselves let's create new meanings and yeah I don't know if this is making sense I can feel it but I don't know if I'm explaining it very well <laughs> you do have a lot of um, recordings and pictures and videos from your various <laughs> projects on your website it's on dion.space forward slash projects Hmm. And all the info about the upcoming retreat is also on there, on the online space forward slash Brighton 2019. Um, just doing a promo now. Thank you, because <laughs> you know how bad I am exactly. at it. <laughs> I, think I, I was just wondering about that, like, actually, that maybe that's part of the reason why you hate writing bios, because it feels too much like, I'm going to sell myself now. 
I'm gonna sell my offerings, I'm opening a shop and these are my things and they are just products in this shop but you would rather like let's you know let's dive deeper let's go into the vision which is obviously the best way in but uh, to connect with people I guess they need to find you somewhere yeah I feel attacked right now but yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) no I I know you're right and and I understand that you know marketing yourself you know without going too off topic but maybe it's useful for someone but when we talk about marketing, I worked in marketing, believe it or not, for a number of years, like quite a long time. And I'm really good at marketing for other people. <laughs> That's why I think I'm a good coach. But like, <laughs> I and I will stand by that. Like I understand that for some of us, like the idea of marketing or selling something is really gross. OK, also, as a side note to that, it's said that if you stand by what you do, you shouldn't be ashamed to sell it, right? I get that. I understand that logically. But I do find it a challenge. I find it a challenge because maybe it's being Enneagram 4 with a five wing. Like, I struggle with, you know, the definition and being stuck in a definition. Maybe I have work to do on really claiming space because I've been called up on it before by, like, past students and staff who thank me and so gorgeously complimentary and then I'm kind of like yeah but it's not me it's us and they're like no no Dion it's you you know you came with this thing in order for it to be us and it's like well yeah okay I'm I'm trying to own that but it's hard I think it's hard and yeah to anyone else out there who's sort of struggling with that in their own marketing journey what has helped me is to bring Ethel in my alter ego Obviously, you remind me now and then, <laughs> but um, try to take a step out of myself and to see objectively, like, okay, what am I trying to do and why am I trying to do it? Because I'm always thinking about that anyway, but if I try and have a little bit of distance from it, like, okay, what, as the cliche marketing question is, what problem am I trying to solve? How can this help people? What benefits can they receive from this? And is that something that I want to offer into the world? Yeah, so you shouldn't be ashamed. I'm saying this as a pep talk for myself. I don't know if this makes any sense at all, but what was the question? <laughs> my page with my projects. Yeah, there's definitely some of them on there. Some of the more recent ones, like the last nine years, I'd say, some of them. They're not all on there, but we had to cut them down a bit. And, you, and your bio <laughs> on your page is constantly kind of... Uh... Changes every week. Yeah. Depends, but... Yeah. <laughs> You did just update it though, so you kind of always go through like, what am I trying to, you know, what can I, how can I help people, I mm. guess, in a way. Mm. So that's that's been good. So I mentioned Ethel, and for those of you who don't know, because I've been referring to her throughout the podcast, Ethel is my alter ego. I've done a podcast about her, probably a few she's come up, and... She enables me to step into a character that is still myself. Ethel is absolutely me. She is this kind of raucous, outrageous woman. She's probably in her 70s, I'd say. Loves a sequin, you know. Um, She says what she thinks and she's not afraid of taking up space. She's not afraid of what other people think of her. And she's certainly not afraid of fitting into anyone's box anyone's expectation be that an individual or a societal expectation so she's kind of like a rule breaker she dances on tables she keeps boys in cages that was a terrible thing to say I did not mean that um but she you know she she is vivacious and has this 
Joy de vivre. I've never said that. Is that how you say it? <laughs> I feel like a wanker. <laughs> you know what I mean, though? So she has this energy about her that is just very unapologetic, really just taking and claiming the space and she has tremendous style so when I'm out and about and I see like an older woman who I look to as a muse I just I, I see her as Ethel claiming space and it's really inspiring for me so anyway yeah stepping into Ethel is so helpful for me and creating this character that can enable me to see myself you know so if I'm stuck for example if I if there's something I want to share with the world but I'm really embarrassed I'm I'm so shy to share like you know I'm having a retreat this summer I've barely talked about it I've barely talked about it since we launched it and I'm kind of embarrassed to even say that because it's like <laughs> you know I should be better at this but number one we've been very very lucky over the years that things just seem to sell out. And, and I don't mean to say that in a wanky way. The people that get what I do seem to be just present and up for it and just willing to dive in. And they've been amazing at just, yeah, I want to come. Put me down. And, you know, things have always sold out in that way. And so in a way, I've been really lazy. Like, I haven't had to try because I, I've been focused so much on the intention and what it is I'm trying to create for people and then sort of quietly putting it out there and then it's just been received and, and that's amazing. But I also realised that there are people out there who might not know what I'm doing and who will really benefit. Like, who, who are the kind of people that get it and who will enhance that experience for everyone else as well, you know? So I realised that it's important for me to not be lazy and rest on my laurels and that actually marketing isn't a, a disgusting word. It doesn't have to be is what I'm saying because if you do have integrity if you're living in your own truth and you're really thinking about who it is you're serving because I think it's all about service isn't it like who are you showing up for why, why am I doing this the last 10 years why am I still here like trying to create stuff for people it's because I flipping well want to serve them because I do love humans I want people to do well I want people to feel free I want them to feel better and I want to offer them tools that they can adapt they can take or leave. I want to offer them support and help through that process so that they can get there. And surely like that, that kind of underpins everything that we've spoken about in terms of my life trajectory. There's always been that underpin of me wanting to serve, me wanting to ask questions, to explore, to encourage others to open up and explore for themselves too. Because it's not about, hey, look at me, copy what I'm doing. I'm really not interested in that. And I find that really boring, you know. Instead, I'm interested in us doing that for ourselves, like creating the life that we want to live. I've gone off on a tangent again, but the point is marketing doesn't have to be yuck. If you struggle with it, create a little character, Go listen to my Ethel episode, see if that helps you. I think it's like how Ethel, my alter ego, can help you feel more free. And maybe try some exercises, like perhaps write as that character. So if you've got something you're trying to put out into the world, whatever it is, I don't know, a retreat, a book, a service, a product that you've made, whatever it is, maybe applying for a job, right? Maybe just do a little exercise, time yourself, put the timer on 10 minutes, write, freestyle as that character. Imagine, like embody that person. First, you've got to create your character and just look to people like muses, people that inspire you. And you might want to listen to another episode I did about the last episode, actually, who do you love? And think about your muses, who inspires you, because that's probably a part of you already. It, it definitely is. And they probably have some characteristics that you might want to embody. So maybe think about inhabiting space as that character because that character is still a part of you you know we're all connected but yeah see if that helps try a little exercise embody that character what would Ethel do 
insert the name of your alter ego and see if that helps you. I'm on the journey too, so please share yours with me because I would love to know how you get on with that and, you know, where you struggle with it and anything that you do that helps you. And if if you don't do anything and you don't know, also let me know because let's see if we can figure this stuff out together. I really liked a bit about, uh, you know, finding a character and the importance of just feeling that you're allowed to... uh, Promote yourself, whatever that means. Mm. Promote yourself doesn't have to be connected to how can I get six figures? Mm. Magic, magic. Mm. I, I think that is a really good point, actually. You're allowed. Yeah, you're allowed. And, and maybe that's even a good summary of what we've been talking about on this podcast. What do you think? Yeah, that's an empowering message, isn't it? You're allowed. Of course, this is an ever-evolving conversation and, yeah, love to hear from you. What are your thoughts about this? Do you feel free to take up space with what you're doing in the world, as you are? Get in touch. Like in every episode, all of the show notes will be over at dion.space. That's my website, or you can just go to ifeelforyoupodcast.com. This is episode 36, I guess, right? Yeah, 36. Surprise. And while we talk about that, I just want to take an opportunity to say thank you so much to each and every one of you who listen, who like, who subscribe, who leave me comments and messages about the show. And thank you so much to each and every one of you who have left me a voicemail. My heart just bursts with joy to hear your gorgeous voices. And I'm just so grateful that you are so generous in sharing your thoughts and ideas and props about the podcast. I really appreciate you so much. So thank you for sharing with me. And for those of you who are new to this podcast community, welcome and know that we can be in touch by the blower, which is slang for the telephone. Yes, you can leave me a voicemail if you like about anything. So I'd love to hear from you. You might have some thoughts about the show or a particular episode that you were listening to. Maybe you want to share a word on where you're listening from, what you're up to. You know, I'm into that, hearing the kind of things that you're doing, the kind of vibe that you're feeling, what you're wearing, etc. What new makeup you're wearing, whatever. Um, or ask me a question. Uh, I'm going to start doing some Q&As on the show, right, Feeney? Yep. So if there's something that you'd like some support with, a kind of micro coaching live on the podcast, it's kind of not live, but uh, I don't really know what to say. What is it? Like pen pal? No, it's that's just not the same, is it? I do like pen pals though, but more like a kind of, yeah, Q&A, let's hold hands kind of vibe. If there's something you want support with, maybe you have a quandary, maybe there's a problem that you're working through that you just want my take on or just some simple advice from someone who has your back that's me then feel free to get in touch so the link to my voicemail is in the show notes as i said i feel for you podcast.com or just head to my site dion.space you can see my portfolio there how's that feeny that is perfect i'm trying can you tell i'm trying i'm rolling my eyes at myself and i'm going to stop doing that let's stop doing that you guys let's stop eye rolling ourselves anyway And I guess, yeah, thank you, Feeney, for taking us on this magical journey, this magical and unexpected (laughs) takeover. Thank you for, thank you for having me. (laughs) You're always welcome here. You know that. It is. And so why don't you share with people where they can find you, seeing as I'm being brave and putting myself out there? (laughs) Where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I, I just updated my little 
corner of the internet, my portfolio. It's at ketxl.com. You, you can find all of my different projects there. And maybe we have a tiny, tiny bit of time for a special inspiration station segment. What do you think? Do you have anything this week? Do I have anything? <laughs> oh, maybe, maybe your challenge is always like kind of coming up with one thing. Okay, I've got choose. three. How about three? Okay. Okay, so inspiration it. station. Do you want to do a little jingle for us? Off the cuff? Okay, maybe this one. Maybe this tiny one here. Thank you, Feeney. Okay, so number one on the Inspiration Station. Last night, I was at a literary salon, darling. No, that's just a really pretentious way of saying I went to a literary event in London. um, And it was for a book that I've been anticipating for a really long time. The book is called Don't Touch My Hair. Yes, like the Solange song. Thank you, Solange. Thank you, Emma Debuey. And it was a conversation about the politics of Afro hair. And that was with Aisha Akambi and Emma Dabbery. I got my life because the room was filled with so many magnificent people, but also um, just because I'm interested in how we can decolonize ourselves from this idea that Afro hair is difficult, right? You understand, don't you, Feeney? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's such a vital topic, not only if you're black or you have some form of Afro hair, because obviously there's all kinds of different hair types under the umbrella of Afro and each one of them beautiful. But for as long as I've lived, there's been so much stigma about it and long before. And I for sure have had so many experiences with people mocking and ridiculing and laughing and sticking fingers in and fetishizing and gawping and talking about my hair. And it's often the first thing that people associate with me, you know, uh, oh, you know, Dion, the one with the big hair, which is mad because, you know, it's just a bit weird. Anyway, um, there's so much of this topic that I'd love to dive into. Perhaps I'll save it for another episode because, you know, it has been a 40 year journey of me learning to love this mane. But I'd also love to talk with others about it, as I have done over the years. I've been writing about hair. I've been part of like hair story projects, which then became a play, which was amazing. Uh, I can talk about that at a different time. But um, yeah, I guess I'm sharing this because Emma's book comes out today. It would have been out yesterday if you're listening to this, the first day of podcast, but you know, um, future you. And um, wouldn't it be amazing if we could all read it in sync, kind of? And I'm not just talking to black people here or anyone with an Afro, because I think we can all benefit from decolonizing our minds and learning to understand the history and politics of black hair, because it affects us all. We're not free until we're all free, right? So uh, yeah, the book is out. I'll put a link to it in the bio. I've I haven't started reading it yet because I'm reading something else, which leads me to number two of the Inspiration Station, which I'm really trying to keep short for you. Of course, it's another book for goodness sakes. But hey, I know my people are also into books. So right now, if you haven't already seen on my Instagram stories, you'll know that I'm reading Queenie by Candice Carty Williams. I'm holding it right here in my hands in my grubby mitts. Um, They're not actually grubby because I have a cleanliness obsession. Um, Anyway, um, that came out recently as well. Uh, And it's very rare that I read new books, right, Feeney? Mm. Tend to read new books maybe a few times a year because usually I'm into collecting secondhand older books from the diaspora in any form. I had to go with this Queenie book because 
you know, I just thought it would speak to me. And I'm also interested in reading young writers, like young black writers. So from opening the package, I literally couldn't pick it down. Wasn't that the case, Vina Man? Like I literally knelt down to open it and then I just was engulfed <laughs> by the story. It just swooped me up and I couldn't put it down. And so far I'm loving it, but I'm scared it's going to get really, really dark really quick. I mean, it kind of already is quite dark, but yeah, very black humour vibes. So if you're into that and you kind of want to read about youth culture and I don't know, like what to tell you about it really, I'll just put a link to the book and then you can have a look for yourself, see if you're interested. Let me know if you're already reading it or if you've read it or if you're interested in reading it because some of you probably know I have this thing called The Other Book Club where I recommend reads and yeah, we kind of talk about it. Finaman, you're a part of The Other Book Club, right? Yeah, I've been part of your special book club for a couple of years, I guess, and uh, I tried to collect them all in my Pinterest board, which we will also link in the show notes. Yes, lovely. Uh, and I guess number three of the Inspiration Station is just a public service announcement that Mariah Carey is playing London in May. This is not a drill. You know how much I love her. You, you've seen the blog post, perhaps. If you haven't, you know I'll hook you up, babes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but not sorry. So if you're coming, let me know. I'm just like on the fence right now because I know I have to be there. Ethel is screaming from her cage that she needs to be there, adorned in sequins and very, very high heels. But we'll see. I want to go. Who's going? Tell me. Hit me up. And if someone wants to give me a ticket who works at Royal Albert Hall, fun fact or like story time, mini. Do you know I was offered a job at the Royal Albert Hall? When I first moved to London, I nearly started working there. But then I ended up working by Canary Wharf, the building next to Canary... Uh, anyway, mm. anyway, anyway, in Canary Wharf, you know, the, the skyscraper. Anyway, I used to work with engineers who um, who worked on the London Underground and I'd speak to them every day all over London. Like, we'd be chatting while they were all underground, working hard and doing amazing work. Anyway, is that a boring story? I don't think so. Just appreciation for those people doing what they do. Enough respect. Okay, that's it. That's my inspiration station. If you want more things like this, maybe you want to subscribe to my digest. It's a weekly mail I send out to my people. And this this is like my inner circle people, I guess, right? It's been going for about nine years now. Crazy times. Um, but yeah, it's kind of an unexpected fun pack, I suppose. Hopefully it's fun. There's always goodies, freebies, info, uh, first dibs on things, special offers, and some random stuff or other. And so that's it. This is episode 36. It's been fun. It's been wild. Thank you for being here. Thank you. See you next time.